What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the... Actually, no, that was low energy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Booming Basketball Podcast. As always, I'm Nate here with Danny. Danny, we have another big referee problem in the NBA. Let's just get straight into it. How are we doing here today first before we kick things off? I am fantastic. Let's discuss this this debacle again. You know, I, I feel like we. I, I feel like there, there's something new to mention with the refs every friggin' week, bro. I swear. It's getting a little ridiculous at this point. Uh, in, in case you missed it, if you weren't watching the Pistons, which is an understandable thing to not be doing, <laughs> um, the Pistons and Knicks were having a bit of a tight battle, and you know the Pistons seem to be in a lot of close games with teams that they're not as good as, and then they find ways to lose. This time didn't seem to all uh, all be their fault though, because it was eleven to uh, one t- or one eleven to one ten. There's a whole mess of a play. It's just you can go look it up on Twitter to see it because I can't even describe what happened. It's just a whole bunch of hoopla. People are running around. The ball is going yeah. flying. No one has possession. But then it's going towards the out of bounds. Azar Thompson tries to get it, and Dante Divincenzo essentially slide tackles him. The ball goes to Jalen Brunson after the slide tackle and the no call. And then Josh Hart had an and one to eventually win the game, one thirteen to one ten, so or one eleven. And again, you know, this was pretty much a game that was decided by the referees in the end. And you know, now the Knicks are on the more beneficial side of the refs fucking up. But again, it's a problem. We saw this happen with the Knicks Rockets game with the call on the three point foul just a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean it. It was it, it was awful. Once it, I mean, I honestly I think that the call a few weeks ago against the Knicks was worse. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'll agree with that. Um, Definitely no bias, but I'll agree. <laughs> but I, I'm not gonna bash the refs as badly for this one because, I, like, yes, there should have been a foul call, and you know the final two minutes report stated that, or but that's there should have been one called. Yeah, that there should have been one called. But I kind of understand where you're hesitant to call a foul there because you don't want a situation like you had a few weeks ago where like the call that you make determines the game. You know what I mean? It's a call that they didn't make that determined the game. It was in crunch time. Everyone was going everywhere. Like you said, it was just a big hoopla of just shit. Like, yeah, I I, I definitely can understand that, but I just think with that kind of contact and I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and and act like the Knicks should have won that game. The Knicks should have lost. It should have been a foul right there called. Then it should have been Pistons ball. And that probably would have been wraps because there's only about you know a couple seconds left on the clock. The Pistons would have had possession. They would have at least been in a much better uh, spot to win the game than you know they ended up, which was uh, being losers. Uh, like they've been very, very many times this season. <laughs> well, no, but like, do you, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I almost want to give some sympathy to you the give refs. Them credit? No, 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 no. I want to give some sympathy to the refs in the fact where. Like, obviously, they're not going to make every correct call, and it's been, you know, extra horrible this season with the no calls and calls that they've made. But, like, when when we've had stuff happen in the past few weeks where refs' calls have determined games, I kind of get where you're hesitant to call it when the ball's all over the place like that. And if you guys didn't see the play, it there, there was just a whole bunch going on. It was a loose ball, like, three different times. And, there probably could have been a few different fouls called, but the yeah. one on DiVincenzo was definitely like, you know, that was blatant contact. He kind of just slid into his R. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of thought, um, I believe it was I believe it was Josh Hart before he got the N one. 
Like, it looked like a reaching foul, too. Like, there could have been a multitude of calls that could have been made right there. There was a bunch of loose ball fouls, but, like, you can't call every single one. I guess they were just letting him play. But, you know, looking back on it, it's still... Hindsight is obviously 20-20, but it's still, like, this is just another one of those problems. Like, it's not a standalone situation. We've had a lot of issues with the refs, especially as of late. Yeah, speaking a little bit unrelated, dude, I, I feel like I have not heard a crowd pop that, like, loud at MSG in like since like last year's playoffs like it msg the Piston, was a piston regular season game was the loudest you've heard MSG no no last n- no i'm talking about that i'm talking about the crowd pop dude everybody in the crowd was confused as shit to what was going on oh yeah everyone was- ever, and then just like and then josh hart gets the and one and the crowd just exploded because everyone no, yeah, know, was you, like what is happening we're about to lose to the pistons wait we're gonna win wait we're gonna lose wait yeah. we're gonna win there's just so definitely- much emotion going on I'm glad I didn't see it live. One of the few games I haven't seen live this season. Probably would have had a heart attack. <laughs> I would have probably, yeah, I would have had heart palpitations like you texted me last night. and it, it Or two nights ago. No, last night. It was back-to-back yeah. when we were recording this. is being recorded on Tuesday. And it's just like, what do you do about this kind of situation? Because I don't think this one's necessarily like you can't punish one particular person. So I don't think it's about that. I think it's just worth talking about the fact that it's just another one of these times where we're talking more about the refs than we are about the actual game itself, uh, and I just don't think it should be that way ever. Also, I've noticed that social media is making more light of you know the final two minutes report being kind of just like bullshit, like what the fuck's the point of it? Kind of like how we were last week when we were talking, or two weeks ago when we were oh, yeah, talking about it. It's or like running it over your neighbor's dog and just saying sorry, but it, yeah, it exactly. Is because, like, and I've, I've seen I've do? seen people on social media are like actually bringing that up now. I'm surprised that it wasn't brought up more like it is now like I, i've seen it a lot more on social media than i did two weeks ago or That's a week like ago if you or could, i'll do i'll give another great analogy here it's like admitting to murder without the consequences it's just like obviously <laughs> not as severe but it's like admitting to a crime and then having them just be like oh okay you admitted to it so we're not gonna actually punish you yeah there see there, there does have to be something done but at, at some point you gotta think like if you if you discipline the refs right they're, they're still gonna make mistakes like everybody makes mistakes i get that yeah, but obvi- obviously they're they're supposed to be the best at not making mistakes because they determine basically the whole entire game and uh and, the, the it, and apparently the entire lakers last like two seasons but not going to get it some of yet. some of uh the calls though that have been made are just so such blatant calls it's just like i don't know like you, if you're in the nba you're supposed to be the best of the best like you said like they can't have these this, this kind of stuff happening it's just like you got to fix it there isn't what, room what for... can they do to improve it though robots they need to bring in <laughs> robots instead of actual referees i don't know like i really but, don't that's the, like that's the I think thing that's... if you threaten them if you threaten these guys with suspensions or fines and chat like, shit, gpt and... refs <laughs> chat gpt refs are gonna save the nba Let's go. But that no. Well, that's the whole thing is I don't think there is a there's no clear cut answer to this there issue. Isn't. Like it's and so fucked. If you if you do the you know the thing that everyone throws out there where oh you can either find these refs or, or you can or, or suspend them, like yes, sure, discipline could help a little bit. But at the same time, like if you're gonna get disciplined for making the wrong call. You know what I mean? You're going to be more hesitant to even make calls in the first place. Exactly. And, sh- and shit like that will still happen. And I just think it's like it comes down to like, I'm not saying the refs won't want the job as much, but it, I like, ugh, I don't know, I, I really don't. It's so weird because you can't just like, 
I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I want I want to have an answer, but I don't have an answer for this because I want them to have something to get make the refs better, but there is no clear-cut thing I can say this will make the refs better. This is that. This like there there isn't an answer because they're humans at the end of the day. Yeah. They're humans. I don't think you can replace refs. You can't replace NBA refs with robots or anything. It's not like baseball. So it's really just about I don't know maybe training these refs better, but but at the, get, at the same time I'm pretty sure they already do a lot of training, and there's a lot that goes into getting these referees in the league. So I guess right now we just have to put up with it because uh, what I don't know what else to do. Yeah, I I honestly have no idea what the fix is. There I don't I don't think that there is one. I just think that people are gonna have to deal with it. It's just it's gonna be a thing. It, Execution a, on it, site for any wrong call. <laughs> I, I like that. I like they that. have to have backup refs ready to go at all times. But like we we see it in basically every other sport too. We've seen umpires call you know balls as strikes to end games. We've seen horrible pass interference calls to set up games. Ask like Saints Rams a few years or years ago, like that lost the Saints the game. Like it, it doesn't matter what sport, the refs are always going to end up making mistakes. And I feel like we can't just sit here and expect perfection out of humans. But I will say down the stretch, they have to be more consistent with either making calls or letting the guys play. Yeah, again, we can look at this. uh, Well, let's take a little bit of the spotlight away from the refs because I don't want to make another refs episode. (laughs) But talking about, uh, I guess, the situation the refs were involved in, the Heat and Pelican scuffle from the other night, which led to the suspension of five players, Jimmy Butler, Thomas Bryant, Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall, and I just skipped over the names, and I forgot one. So that's good. <laughs> Nikola but, Jovic. Uh, Nikola Jovic. Nikola Jovic, yeah. So that was fun. I mean, I, I honestly expected more than a game. Did you? I, I thought a game was a little light. Uh, if that was anyone but Jimmy, I feel like that would have been a few more games. But because Jimmy was yeah. involved, they had to you know, de-escalate the situation a little bit. Yeah, I don't really understand where Jimmy gets the same... Uh, well, also, I, I I will say I kind of expected Alvarado to get suspended for more than a game. Like, no, I agree. I thought both of them would coming be. coming off the bench, and he swung at Thomas Bryant. I'm pretty sure he's a where is he from? The he's from Brooklyn or the Bronx? He's from is a Bronx kid. Oh no, he he's from somewhere somewhere over there. He's definitely he's about that life. Like he he's not like Alvarado's not gonna let you fuck with him. So, but still, I don't think that it's just. I don't know what 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 does that constitute being suspended or you know let's look at what what are some other situations like remember like the Isaiah Stewart situation like he got suspended oh, he from charged LeBron that. yeah like just because the result was a little worse doesn't mean I think the punishment should be any worse because you know Alvarado could have like hurt someone seriously but like yeah really I don't know I just think if you're about protecting the players a, a game just seems like nothing here no. Yeah, no. And, and I, I feel like it was, I kind of feel like the whole altercation, how it even started in the first place was a little bit sensitive. It it, it was a pretty normal foul. I mean, like... Why Kevin, don't you explain what happened for those who may have missed it? Uh, So the ball got passed up court to Zion and he tried to go up for a layup and Kevin Love kind of just took a take foul. He like wrapped his arms around him and Zion came down harder than I guess the Pelicans players liked. And then I Najee mean, Marshall... Zion comes down with the force of a giant meatball well yeah and then Najee Marshall had you know a problem with it and then the whole altercation happened players were pushing each other shoving each other and then they cut to a clip of Jose Alvarado swinging at people 
while running off the bench, which... He was kind of just like... He looked like a lunatic out there, kind of. Yeah, just, like, he looked like a fan that was trying to swing on people. He ran, <laughs> Dude, he ran out there in, like, jeans and, like, a polo and Bro just started swinging at people. I don't even know what Jose was going Alvarado on. Jose Alvarado got possessed in that moment and just was like, I'm swinging at everyone, everything, anything I see in my sight. I'm, they're, they're getting the hands. So... I- uh, am I am funny. I wrong? I, I feel like it kind of. I, I feel like a lot of these situations involve the Heat. Maybe. I mean, what other situations? I don't. I can't remember off the top of my head. One Heat like, Clippers getting actually suspended. Heat Clippers years ago. When was that? Remember when the uh, the Heat players were waiting in the locker room? Or, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, no, I thought those were the Rockets. Oh, it was the Rockets. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that was okay. The, yeah, yeah no. Right. I don't. The Heat have definitely been in scuffles with people getting hurt and whatnot, and Bam Adebayo setting illegal screens and stepping on people's ankles. But uh, that's another <laughs> story, something we're not going to go over today because the Heatles are going to, or the Heat fans and Heat culture, you know, they they pee real Heat fans pee red. So, um, you don't want to mess with them. We, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I mean, it's like we see this all the time. It, no one's about actually fighting in the NBA. They're all talk. Like, uh, Jose Alvarado really, like, even though I think he's, like, you know, he's from the Bronx or the Brooklyn, wherever he's from, I, I think he's definitely a tough dude. But, like, none of these NBA players really want to fight. We haven't seen them actually really want to fight since the early 2000s. They're all talk. They're all good friends outside of the game. We see this stuff. It's just a front they put on. And you know what? I'd honestly, uh, I'd be a little bit for these refs letting people swing on each other every once in a while. You know, like the NHL uh, fight that lasted a few minutes the other night. I wish we could see some NBA players swing on each other, you know? Players oh, the NBA Battle Royale? We're bringing that back in? Yeah, the NBA Battle Royale. Like, I'm sorry. I want to see Melo, like, when Melo punched a dude and ran away, like, a sissy, and against the, when he was on the Nuggets. And, you know, I just, I miss that. I miss seeing the heated action. No pun intended with the heat there. But I miss seeing, like, the, the physical rivalries. Like, I'm not saying right. I want dudes to just go out punching each other in the face. But I just think that, like, you know, let these guys get into it a little bit. But if you are going to, like, set these uh, suspension rules and have these ground rules, like, Jose Alvarado coming out swinging like a madman in every other direction should definitely be more than a game suspension yes. based on what they've had uh, repercussions for people in the past with similar um, similar events. I think a conclusion that we can come to here with the refs is that they just really need to be more consistent, whether it's making calls, not making calls. Exactly. I, I mean, it's all they, about... they don't determine suspensions, but like the league obviously determines suspensions, but the league also has to be more consistent with stuff like that. Because the biggest thing is, it's not just that the refs are bad, it's that the inconsistency. So teams don't know what the hell's going to be called when or what, and things are just like, they have no idea really. It's kind of a guessing game whether the refs are going to call stuff or not. And if you want to look at uh, big numbers and see, like, I want to just put up this stat here really quick because we made a post about it on Instagram. Danny gave it to me <laughs> earlier today. The Lakers have a plus 656 free throw differential since the calendar year turned 2023. So a little over a year now, and the second place team in that span is the Miami Heat with 280. What? If you can't do math very well, that's 376 less than first place. So the Lakers have had the refs on their knees for them for a while, and they're still not very good. So um, just a little jab at Lakers fans right there for fun. Um, I just yeah. want to do that. I, I mean, I, I saw a reply where somebody um, you know, commented on the post. It was actually on Twitter. And the drives they, per game? They were toward... Yeah, or no, 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 no. They, they were the asking about yeah, the three-point differential because I'm sure that they were like, oh, yeah, the Lakers drive more than any other team in the NBA. 
But like, the, bro, regardless though, regardless though, like teams like the Bucks with Giannis, who is a merchant at driving to the bat. I mean, I'm actually I'm not, I'm not going to say that because you know that'll get some people heated. But in terms of scoring, is like a merchant when it comes to getting to the basket, and we don't see the Bucks having 300 more of a free th- a plus 300 free throw differential well, than the team the, in second whole, place. It's ridiculous. The whole the drives per game argument simply not true because they're towards the bottom of the league in drives per game in that span. There you go. They they just take a lot of bad mid-range shots and like it's the, the Lakers have a lot of help from the refs. It's a fact. They've been media darlings of the NBA for decades. The NBA likes to see them do well. And it's just the refs. You can you can see in Lakers games they get free oh, yeah. throw calls more than other teams do. There's calls that they're getting. Even if you're Torian Prince, you're getting calls that a lot of other guys aren't getting. I think Torian Prince might get more whistles than a guy like De'Aaron Fox does. That's so crazy to me. <laughs> Not actually I, like well, no, more whistles because obviously he doesn't play as much or take as but many a, shots. But, but a like whistle. the rate, the rate yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, he, like, he just has a better whistle than him. Yeah, You get that's... a special treatment when you're wearing the purple and highlighter yellow. I'm not going to say the purple and gold because it's not gold anymore. It's piss yellow. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, the Lakers do get calls unless you're LeBron against the Celtics. Ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> what was that? Ew. No, not poor Lakers fans. You guys get free throws. No, I'm talking out. about you guys get struggling. Free, you guys get free throws out the ass and still can't win. Crazy. You know, talk about another team that can't win and sure. is now going to have an even harder time winning. Sure, sure, sure. Who would that be? That would be the Atlanta Hawks, Danny. Oh They're not God. good. They're really not good at basketball. Oh, dude, they are in trouble. Trey's out for four weeks. He just had successful surgery on his left pinky, I believe it was. And Something with his hand. And no, he's gonna fractured be, hand, I thought. Uh, I, th- I thought he had surgery on his left pinky, I thought it was. Pinky? It's pretty ridiculous, yeah. Trey um, Young's pinky is hurt? I, I Look look into that for me. I believe that I Trey Young's pinky. Oh, my God. Trey Young left pinky out at least a month. I thought it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was finger surgery. I thought it was a. Oh, torn ligament in his left pinky. I thought they said it was in his hand at first. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, his so pinky's fucked. The Hawks are basically just absolutely nothing now. They have absolutely nothing besides DeJounte Murray and Clint Capella. Go yeah, have fun with. Tor- go have fun with that, Hawks fans. Please. I, I would love to see you guys have fun with that. I, I mean, right now they sit the last play in spot. They're 25 and 32. They're the 10th seed. That's it's not good. They're just they're five and five in their last ten. They've been average as of late. I mean, I'm not saying they've been any worse, but they're not been any better. And you know, that's it's definitely. Oh my God, Max Struess just Max Struess just hit a half court, court shot to win the game. Win the game. <laughs> Holy <What> shit! The f- <laughs> and there goes my parlay or my oh. uh, my bet. Actually, I just lost money on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Great. Anyways, back to the Hawks. I am now a few uh, dollars shorter in wealth, but uh, the Hawks are in a bad spot. Their best player is now hurt, and the Nets are three games back from the 10th seed. I still don't know if I have any confidence in the Nets to get up to there, but Hell maybe no. the Raptors, who are at the 12th seed, uh, they're two, three and a half games back. They could possibly crawl back up there. I just don't know how Atlanta's going to stay afloat, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta somehow starts playing better now without Trey Young. And, you know, we know I'm not a big Trey Young fan here, and I don't think he makes them better. So I think this is going to be a big uh, time for the Trey Young truthers or the Trey Young haters to uh, prevail here. I think we definitely see some defensive stats 
trend in the right direction without Trey on the court. Even though that Trey has been better this year than he was in past seasons, because well, oh my god, he's trying. But like, it's also it, just it, off, offensively, I think we're going to see people, other guys, do some more. Well, yeah, because you have Young, to see a different offense now. And and Trey Young also has the most bad pass turnovers in the entire NBA this season. So uh, I don't know how they calculate quote unquote bad passes, but I whatever they calculate it as, he has the most bad quote unquote bad pass turnovers. I just don't think that the Hawks were going to do anything anyways. This is kind of just the nail in the coffin to this terrible, yeah. terrible season for them. They've clearly got a lot of work to do in the offseason. They're in the same category, I'd say, as like the Bulls, super underachieving teams that have bad con- or have some high contracts, expensive contracts that they definitely need to retool and you know figure their shit out in the offseason because the Hawks terrible. They don't have any real youth to like you know rely on. I think Jalen Johnson's pretty good, but I'm not building yeah. a franchise around him. So your guys really are Jalen Johnson, AJ Griffin who barely plays, Onyeka Okongwu who they refuse to start over Clint Capella even though Clint Capella can't make layups. And Akongwu was a guy they drafted top 10 overall, number 7, and they still have never given him a proper opportunity, even though he's been very good on the bench. I just don't really know what the Hawks are doing. Quinn Snyder didn't help them at all, and they're kind of just trending directionless, kind of like the Nets. The the 9, 10, and 11 seed are all very directionless. The Bulls, Hawks, and Nets are kind of just... That's that's an awful, awful three-team stretch right there, or like... 9, 10, 11 really, really might be the like worst positions in the entire conference because then you look at, you know, the Raptors are 12. At least they have some youth. 13, the Hornets have youth. They have Brandon Miller, Mark Williams, LaMelo. The Wizards are 14th. They might be right there in that group of, you know, they're kind of fucked too. And then the Pistons at least have like K, Jalen Duran. But, you know, that 9, 10, 11 seed is really, really, really bad. That's the no man's land where you just really don't want to be, I feel like. I, I like what you said about the like honestly if i had to bet on one of those teams to make the play in especially with trey being out now it would probably be the raptors because yeah well i like the raptors on paper but they've also looked a lot better of recent yeah they have three straight wins for the first time this season and i'm just not i'm just not a fan of the nets i mean i don't not many people are but um but yeah, there's no one. No one is a fan of the Nets. The oh, Nets are an, an obsolete franchise. They simply over, are there to exist and to not do anything. And be over the past five games, Mikhail has been just not good. And, and the firing of Jacques Vaughn just seems so unwarranted to me. I it it, it seems almost worse now. I, I'm pretty sure that they lost. Or um, I'm pretty sure that they lost tonight. They were down by like 20 last time I checked in the Magic. That game might still they, be going on. They they lost. Yeah, they lost. Okay, there you go. So they're they not good. The, the Nets are just the, the coaching change did absolutely nothing, and your quote unquote star piece who you're trying to build around supposedly has been Can't playing score by himself. Yeah, has been playing absolutely awful. And and Cam Thomas is hurt now. Yep. Exactly. They really like. I genuinely think the Nets might be in the worst position in the NBA. I genuinely it's, believe that it's bad. They have no draft picks, or they have very little draft capital. They're convinced that they want to build around a 27-year-old role player. Uh, they have, you know, really no other young players outside of the other than Camp Thomas, who's as one-dimensional as it gets. They have Ben Simmons on their team. Their head coach doesn't have any head coaching experience. <laughs> their owner is actually mentally ill. I really think that this team is the epitome of a dumpster fire right now. Because even looking at the West... Grizzlies, better situation than the Nets. Blazers, better situation than the Nets. Rockets, better situation than the Nets. Spurs, better situation. Every the- team above that, better situation. 
Uh, it's just, what the hell is there going right for the Nets? They have nothing. They have well, literally nothing, and then they have Ben Simmons, which makes everything even worse. Oh, I was about to say that Ben Simmons makes everything okay, actually. Oh, okay. He, yeah. yeah, did you see him saying, like, yeah. oh, he's giving everything? He's giving his all no matter what. <laughs> I'm going to give all I have. It's going to be about three games a season. I'm going to play once every five weeks. Um, I and want I'm gonna to be average... catered. I want people to massage my testicles and my vagina. Um and I'm going to average 5, 5, and 5. I'm going to average a triple single for you guys in the three games that I play this year. And then that, That's what gonna... Ben Simmons all seems like. It... Remember ben when Simmons. we were? Remember, remember when we started the hop back on the Ben Simmons hype train a little bit and we what weren't like, were shying we away for it? What yeah, were we thinking? I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with him. <laughs> I'm, never, I'm never ever being fooled by that man again. <laughs> nope. Fuck him. Fuck Ben Simmons. I don't care. He's literally so, such an entitled goofball. He's had has all the talent. He's a physically gifted as it comes. He's 6'10", super athletic. It's just, why are you not a good basketball player? I don't he get it. In his second Shoot year. the fucking ball, Ben. Shoot it. Stop being so afraid. And, like, the whole injury thing, like, I just can't believe that he's really, like, this injured all the time. Like, I don't believe it. I think if he could play, sometimes he could push through it because there's so many other players that play banged up. Oh, my up. God, 100%. I just don't understand. Ben Simmons has one of the fucking softest mindsets of any player in any sport I've ever witnessed he is softer than Sharman. he is soft as baby shit this dude is not a fucking basketball player he's a diva yeah he's kind of he's kind of just a bench sitter when, when he's even when you, he's even when he's even there when he's even on the bench he's just a i'm bench gonna sitter. give you everything i have he, could not be further from the truth from ben simmons if that was true he'd be there playing as much as he can he'd fight through some of the discomfort he would be there for his team that is paying him 40 million dollars a year and traded james harden for so it's just, I, I don't get it. Or they didn't trade James Harden for him, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah, the little swaps, like like a like a. Uh, it, but there was other they, things they, involved. They, obviously, they, it's they, not they kind of just like, up, but they they meant to like replace James Harden with them. They replaced James Harden with Ben Simmons. They were hoping that they were getting back a young All Star, and instead they got back a crying sack of shit. That gets paid a lot of money, and whose back doesn't fucking function. Yeah, evidently. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've Philly, said fuck so many times just because I'm so annoyed with this dude. Like, no, if I no. was, I, it's so easy to say if I was in his position, but like, bruh, like, bruh, I don't get it. I just, I seriously don't get it because what has changed? Like, he hasn't had like t- torn ACL or some like life changing injury. He has like back issues. You know who else has back issues? Michael Porter Jr. I don't see him crying about it every other minute. Yeah, no, that is true. I could, but bro, if we looked into it, I'm sure that you could find other players that have back issues too. Ben Simmons is just a, a all out pussy. <laughs> like I, I don't know what else. What, <laughs> what, what a nice, what a nice way I, to put it. I didn't know you heard me take a pause because I didn't know what other word to use. But like, dude, you're right. He just he's always injured, quote unquote injured. He can 100 percent push through it more than half the time. And, I think he's the biggest diva in the sport, and I don't understand. How you're in the NBA for what six years now? Five, six? Bro, I don't even know. I, I don't even. I, I don't even know 16. because half the seasons that he's been here for haven't even counted because he is hurt all the fucking time. But how have you not taken initiative, developed a jump shot, gotten your body right? Like you see guys like LeBron spend a million dollars off season on their body. Why doesn't Ben Simmons do something like that with all the fucking money that he makes by sitting on the Nets bench? He's got that giant contract that he's clearly not earning anyways. Why don't you maybe like do something with the money and get exactly just an idea? And I don't know the exact details of his contract, but I know that there's definitely a fat amount guaranteed. 
So he definitely does not give a fuck about playing. Yeah, I, he doesn't want to play basketball. He just wants to sit there, watch games, say he's part of the team, and make money. He's a water boy that gets paid hella money. Well, and his quotes, he just his quotes are getting so redundant. He keeps saying how he's going to get back to how he's been. He keeps saying how he's going to help this team. He wants to be there for the Nets, this and that. And he has literally proved zero of what he said. He's talked the talk more than enough. He's He won't stop talking the talk, but he refuses to walk the walk. He will not actually do anything he's saying. He is a pathological liar. That's what Ben Simmons is. He is a pathological yeah. liar. He doesn't live up to any of his words. He says things that he knows he's not going to commit to. And, you know, he just absolutely offers nothing to a basketball team. He's a negative asset. His contract is terrible. And quite frankly, if I'm the Nets, I would do anything in my power to get rid of him. I I agree. He, he, he's the lost cause. 100%. He's just the lost Give cause. Give me like five Krispy Kreme donuts. Dude. Not even. Maybe like two and a half and I'll be cool. Uh, you give me that, and I don't. You know, I don't even understand how his situation is real. Like I, just, I, I remember when he came into the NBA and he played like two summer league games, three summer league games, or something and like his that. Hype where was he unreal. looked, yeah, where he looked, but he looked absolutely remarkable. It was warranted hype. He and looked he took in, some jumpers actually. I don't yeah, know if you he, remember that. Yes, he, taking some he would take jumpers. he would take mid range jumpers at LSU too. He just. He fell out of that, I guess, because he was like, oh, I'm afraid that it's not going to be consistent. He thought that he could just bully ball everybody when it came to the league. But that's just well, not how it was. Sometimes. Well, he right, did right, sometimes. Right, right, right. I still on, don't understand why he's not, why is he not capable of still doing that? He's the same size. He's still athletic. Why can he not don't, do that? People don't even re- because people don't even respect a mid-range jumper from him now. Still, he's bigger than people. Just go in. Stop being a bitch. Yeah, but I mean, it, like, like when you say liability, I think... He's an offensive liability. He's a game plan liability. As in, it makes the it when he plays, you're playing four ma- or five. Exactly, it makes the other team's game plan so much more simplified, knowing that they don't, don't worry ha- about him. They don't have to worry about Ben Simmons shooting anything further than fucking two feet from the basket. They don't even have to worry about that. Really, he's kind of afraid to Ex- do that. Exactly, like most he, of the time he, also. Yeah, even over Trey Young. Oh god, Dirt. that was seriously like. <laughs> As funny as it is, that was literally the like the start yeah. of the end. That was the beginning of the end. Was the Trey Young was Trey Young's immaculate paint defense? He should yeah, have won man. Defensive Player of the Year just for ruining <laughs> Ben Simmons' career. Yeah, Trey Young single handedly took down Ben Simmons' entire career with one defensive stop, that which he did not move or put his hands up. You know, talking about Ben Simmons, then we, of course we talk about the 76ers, and you know that's where obviously he started and all the drama originated, but. Right now, they are very much past the Ben Simmons era into the Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid era, but of course, Joel Embiid's hurt yet again, and, you know, the Sixers have not been as good without him, which is no surprise to anyone. Yeah, I well, I, I mean, Tyrese has looked fantastic still. He, I don't, but he, I, don't, do you, I don't think he looks any better. I think he looks better with Embiid than without him, honestly. Well, yeah, yeah, because he doesn't have that defensive, you know, as much defensive pressure on him because Embiid obviously takes a lot of that away. But Maxi's still averaging 26, 5.5, and, and 4 without Embiid this year. Granted, the shooting splits aren't as good as they are with Embiid, yeah, but, but that, he, that's his, the, his volume increased. He has to take more shots. Yeah, I know, but his that's the thing is his numbers have stayed the same, but his efficiency is just worse. I don't think he's that guy. Like, I don't... I don't put Mac. I don't think Maxie's on that tier of like the Jalen Brunsons or the Tyrese Halliburtons. I, I think he's below that level. I I wouldn't put him in my top, you know, five to seven point guards probably. I just think Tyrese is great, but I don't. I think people didn't realize how 
insanely great Joel's gravity is because he made life so much easier for Tyrese Maxey. It's not even funny. Embiid's gravity is honestly among the best in the league, and I don't think people talk about that enough because he can score from all over the court. He is the most physically imposing player in the league other than maybe Giannis. And when he's on the floor, he makes everyone's life so much easier. Tobias Harris hasn't been as good either since Embiid's been out. This whole team is reliant upon Embiid's success. And, you know, it's a similar situation with the Knicks right now, too, with Julius Randle being out and all the attention being on Brunson. These are two teams who it's clear that, you know, they need their stars back and they need to be healthy for them to have, I think, any real shot in the playoffs. And that's the whole thing is the East is just pretty beat up right now in general. The slight difference in that is that Brunson's actually stepping up to the plate and is putting up better exactly. numbers than he did. That's why I, that's Wh- why I which, separate yeah. the guys like him above. You I, know, I, I, put, I think, yeah, I have my superstar tier point guard, which is the first two. I don't know whether to put Shea as a point guard or shooting guard, so I'll just say he's a point guard for the sake of this episode. So I'd have Luka and Shea, and then I have the next tier, which I'd probably put um, Steph Curry, Brunson, and you know maybe Hal Halliburton hasn't been as good either, though, recently. So maybe just... He's also had, like, uh, nagging injuries, though. Yeah, that's why I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'd say the that second tier would be yeah. those two and then those three and then maybe even Fox. But I don't... I, I, don't, I could say I, I think Fox, Maxie's too. Very, I think Maxie's very, very good, but I don't think that he's as good as some people thought he was at the beginning of the year. Like, his stats are very, very good, but, you know, he's not a guy that's going to be successful as the number one option or I, really even as... I don't think the Sixers are going to be good enough with him as a second option to, you know, win a championship. Yeah, but I also don't want Embiid being out make people forget how good the Sixers actually are. They're still like when Embiid comes back, they're still very dangerous and they're still going to be a top 3 yeah, team to beat in the East. I don't I don't know if I agree with that because when when even with Embiid healthy, they slid down to the 5th seed and you know teams like the Knicks, Cavs and even Right, the but Bucks that that the race is so tight though. It like I feel like the the drop down of the five seed they have, really their depth is just I I don't I up. really I still would I'm I think that there's a top top three or four in the East and I, that I think I think the top four are Ooh, you know what I might put them I might uh, I might put them at four now actually now that I think about it I forgot about the Cavs I forgot about the Cavs which is pretty ridiculous but and the Knicks I pro- yeah I probably have Celtics the Knicks, Knicks them by Cavs. thirty when they were healthy with Embiid in Philly I'd probably go Celtics Knicks Cavs Sixers all healthy. In that, yeah, that's. I, I think I don't. I, I don't know about in this, that order, but I'm gonna the say the Bucks in that order. are so weird though too, is because I don't even know what to do with them right now, and I just <laughs> think course. I think the East is such a crapshoot right now for the second best team in the East. Like you could argue it for how many teams? You could probably argue the Heat have been really good right now. You could argue for the Heat. You could probably argue it for the Cavs. You could argue it for the Knicks when they're healthy. The Sixers when they're healthy. Like it's just the East is so like like the West. We could talk about the West being tight, but I think that there's you know some differential between you know how good we know some teams are going to be i think in the east it's just very very much a crapshoot compared to the west because i think we you have your two best fa- or your two favorites in the west are definitely i think the nuggets and the clippers to most people regardless of seeding and then i think out out east though it's just the celtics and then you know i don't think there's anyone in the east on the celtics level right now as far as the regular season goes so i think it's very very up in the air who's going to be that second best team in the east the thing is, though, with the Celtics, like any, like like you said, any of those teams that we just mentioned can give them fits. Like it, at, at the end of the day, they like all most of those teams that you mentioned can take them to at least six. In my opinion, I'm not gonna lie. The, the only teams I see possibly even giving the Celtics any trouble really are the fully healthy Knicks or the Heat. I just don't see. Maybe I'm sleeping on the Cavs. I just don't see it. 
I really just don't. Only because the Cavs haven't done anything serious yet. Well, it's not even just that. I just don't like their roster that much come playoff time with the spacing. I don't like Allen and Mobley in the playoffs. I'm not ever going to like it until one of them can shoot threes. So I think against that Celtics team who can space the hell out of the floor, who can play defense against the interior and the perimeter, have one of the best or one of the best switching teams defensively in the entire league. And Missoula's looked like a better coach this year than he did last year. So I, I really, I think, and Bickerstaff, I'm not a fan of J.B. Bickerstaff come playoff time either, but that's hell a whole nother story. I just, when it comes to on paper or, you know, in terms of, how they match up against the Celtics, I just think that the Heat and the Knicks are definitely the biggest threats to them. I think if the Bucks are somehow figure things out, they could be. But again, I don't see anyone stopping the the, the Celtics unless the Heat somehow are again, you know, on fire yeah. that time of year, or if the Knicks get healthy. I do expect the Celtics to come out of the East. But you know, again, like that second spot is going to be a very very tough race, and I think we're going to see a lot of stuff change in the standings and in the playoffs. You know, throughout the next couple months. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the thing with, te- the, like, the reason why I think that there's more teams that can give the Celtics fits than than the two teams that you listed is, like, uh, one, I agree with you on the Heat majorly because as much as they I've wanted to have their number, a- as much as I've wanted to just, like, rule out the Heat when it comes time for the All-Star break, like, Jimmy Butler just Can't. flips a switch every single time. It's not just and, Jimmy. I just think, compl- also, Spolstra, just, like, having Spolstra. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, dude, Jimmy just—he flips a switch. Hey, I said it right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not he gonna flips give a him, switch. I'm not gonna say he doesn't because he obviously he, does. And, but I think. and then you also just like, dude, I I can't count out Giannis ever. I don't care. I don't care that we made a video, you know, last week about how bad their defense is. That we don't think that they're, you know, serious contenders as of as of this moment because of how bad sometimes their defense they is. Look- but, they look like the best team in the league sometimes, and then yeah. the other nights they look like they forgot how to play basketball. I mean, I mean the the, pa- the past two, they, they've won their past two games, Milwaukee, and it, I mean, a lot of it is still attributed to heavy offense. It, it, there's yeah. still there's still not much defense played, but I mean, like, it, it's better than people, it's it's better than it was before the All-Star break. Like we said, before the All-Star break, Doc Rivers was 3-7, and seven, and, you know, now if you want to sit here and include the All-Star game, he's won three in a row. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, not going to include the All Star game in his in his win streak. Oh, but <laughs> you know I, that's the thing is, I, I, then we can hate on Doc Rivers and everything, but you know it does take time for teams to gel, especially with having a new coach. The Bucks talent wise, I don't think is the issue other than defensively. And if this Bucks team offensively does get hot, they're probably the best offensive team in the league. I'd put them over the Pacers if Dame could go get back to being Dame. I don't. I don't know again what the, the answer is for the Bucks. We talked about that last video or last episode. If you want, you guys can go check that out. I think that's going to do it though for this episode. Anyways, we hope you guys did enjoy. We will be back again on Tuesday. Hopefully, if not, we will be back on Thursday again. It just depends on our schedule, but aiming to be uploading every Tuesday. Danny, any closing remarks? Um, no. No closing remarks besides the fact that you got to give y- us one closing y- remark. Ooh, let me sit think there and about think. It. We'll, we'll give you a little, uh, little few seconds. Um, um, Max Struess is the greatest player of all time. Okay, that's a great way to end. Nasreed, 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 Nasreed. <laughs> if you are Nasreed, look like Nasreed or smell like Nasreed, please hit me up. Anyways, we hope what? you guys did enjoy. What? <laughs> what? Anyways, we hope you guys did enjoy this episode. As always, make sure to check out our other links in the socials, All Booming Basketball. 
or we, we don't link that here on Spotify, but you guys can, you know, search on YouTube, Booming Basketball, or Instagram, you'll find us. And yeah, stay tuned for next week. Thank you for watching and making it to this point if you have, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.